to talk about the choice of a new generation. And, uh, and there, there's a, a text, Psalm 24, um, that arrested my attention this week, and I want to lift that. Um, let me uh, thank all of those who participated in worship and thank these men who've led us in prayer for our devotional message and all that's been done uh, in the name of the Lord this day. Psalm 24. I want to read it in its entirety, but uh, it's one verse I want to hone in on. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Salah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Salah. Amen. I really want to hone in on verse 6 that says this is the generation of them that seek him that seek thy face O Jacob Salah some years ago around 1984 Pepsi Cola began a, an ad campaign called Pepsi the choice of a new generation Around 1963, they had started an idea of the Pepsi generation, and building upon that in 84, they uh, started in competition with Coca-Cola. They wanted to uphold and embrace the idea that Pepsi-Cola would be the soda choice of a new generation. And so in line with that, they had Michael Jackson, um, Tina Turner, stars of that age, do commercials for them. And they promoted the idea among youth culture, among that uh, young generation. Actually, um, that would have been my day, my young days, my younger days. Right, and right. in that day, they were promoting the idea that while some were hooked on coke, that Pepsi was going to be the choice of a new generation. I, I've come to suggest uh, to you today that despite all that we see and all that we hear within our culture concerning uh, millennials and even concerning Generation Z, I want to suggest to you today that you and I can be a part of and be responsible for helping raise up a new generation. Yeah. One that makes 
God the choice of a new generation. A, a generation that makes God the forefront and centerpiece of their lives and places God first and foremost. Uh, this, this whole idea, I, I believe, is lifted in Psalm 24. And actually, uh, Psalm 24 um, is one of several psalms in succession that uh, lead us to consider uh, the messianic work of Jesus Christ. Um, Psalm 22, Psalm 22, um, it gives us what I want to call um, the king who conquers. Because Psalm 22 prophetically speaks of how Jesus will come as Savior and save us from our sins. If you read it, you will see several places in there, several verses that will remind you of what was said on the cross and things that happened in expectation and anticipation of Jesus dying for us. So Psalm 22 helps us with the king who conquers death, hell, and the grave. But not only... Uh, does Psalm 22 help us with the king who conquers? Psalm 22, 23 helps us with the king who cares. That's God the shepherd. You will remember Psalm 22 that lets us know God is a loving shepherd. And that Jesus not only came to model the way, but help us walk in the way. For he's a God who conquers. He's a God who cares. Uh, but what I believe Psalm 24 helps us with is he's also a God who's in control. Uh, because I have discovered that many people want a God who conquers but not a God who controls. A God who will save us, but we don't want him to lead us. And what Psalm 24 helps us understand is that God loves us so much that not only does he want to save you, he also wants to lead and guide you. I wish I had a little yeah. help up in here this morning. That, that God loves you so much, he wants to deliver you out of whatever you were in, but also direct your life so you don't get back in it again. That, that, that's just what I believe God is helping us with in Psalm 24. Now, actually, it is believed that the occasion of, of Psalm 24 is that the Ark of the Covenant is being brought back into Jerusalem. 2 Samuel 6, you will see the Ark of the Covenant being brought back into Jerusalem. And when the Ark of the Covenant is being brought back into Jerusalem, uh, David writes this song, this song, uh, because when they initially wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into uh, Jerusalem, uh, David had them place the ark on a new cart. And when they placed the ark on a new cart, they were, were making their procession and making their way. Uh, the ark 
uh, begin to fall. And one of the men tried to catch the ark to keep it from falling. And because they were assigned not to touch the ark, this man died when he touched the ark. And because David essentially was mad with God about allowing this man to die, um, David allowed the ark to sit in the home of a man named Obed-Edom for a period of time. And when David saw that the house of Obed-Edom was being blessed while the ark was in there, David had sense enough to say, let me bring the ark back to Jerusalem. I wish I, wish I had two or three minutes because I believe what David discovered was not that there was something with the ark, something wrong with the ark. But there was something wrong with how he was handling the ark. Yeah, yeah, right. The Lord never told David to put the ark on a new car. Yeah. The Lord never told David to change what he was doing with the ark. Sometimes uh, other folks are blessed because they've learned how to take what you've rejected. Come on yeah, now. Yeah. And okay. do right yeah. by God with it. That's all Obedidim <laughs> was doing. He was taking what God had allowed and blessed and placing it in his own, and because he took care of it, God blessed what he was doing. And when David saw this, he saw it responsible of him to bring the ark back to Jerusalem, but uh, reminding the Levites who would be leading the procession and taking care of the ark, he wanted them to be reminded that as they were bringing the ark in, they needed to make certain they themselves were right and doing right by God. And so he begins this psalm and then goes into suggesting to us that there are a particular and peculiar kind of people that God moves in their lives and does special things for. All right. He says, he says to us, number one, he shows us what they look like. Yeah. Yeah. Verse four, he talks about those who are able to stand on the holy hill of God or come into the presence of God. And in verse four, it gives us the character or characteristics of those who God will bring forth into his presence. He gives us four characteristics. One of them is purity. It says they have clean hands. Another is sincerity. They have a pure heart. The third one is loyalty. They have not lifted up their souls unto vanity or vain thing. And the last is honesty. They have spoken truthfully and not have, they have not dealt deceitfully. It's what I call um, spiritual symmetry. Um, you see, symmetry is balance or consistency. And often people who um, claim the name of God don't have spiritual symmetry. Um, they, they, they don't have balance. And what I mean by that is some people may have clean hands, 
but they have a dirty heart. Uh, some of them may have a clean heart, but they are deceitful or deceptive in their doings. In other words, rare is it to find somebody who is balanced both in the inner man and in the outer man. I was Paul talks about having a form of godliness, yeah. uh, but denying the power thereof. In other words, some people have mastered putting on a performance. Uh, they, they know that, 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 matter of fact, Jesus referred to the leaders of that day, religious leaders of that day, as hypocrites. And, and what a hypocrite was, was one who was a professional actor. And if you've ever been to church, you know what professional acting is. I, I, I've been in church all of my life, and I've discovered the best actors are not in Hollywood. The best actors come to church every Sunday morning. They, they, they can sit in their car. A couple can fight all the way to church, cut each other out, and walk in church smiling and holding hands. And you ask how they're doing, and they'll say blessed and highly favored. They, 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 we, we know how he wants to raise up that has spiritual symmetry. They're not performing on the outside while being something else on the inside. But they've learned that they have to have character. And character is who I am, not just what I want others to believe about me. Character, character, it makes up the definition of who an individual is and one who God welcomes and embraces in his presence is one who recognizes I need to be good inside and outside. Uh, 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 I believe one of the things about uh, the generation that's coming up today, young people today, is that they're not big on um, this pumping circumstance a lot of us are caught up in. They're not big on uh, you professing one thing and doing something else. You know, you say stuff like, do as I say, not as I do. But uh, there's a generation being raised up. They want to see you be what you say you are. They, they want to see you do what you say you're all about. And what they're looking for is someone who have in their life the purity, sincerity, loyalty, and honesty oh, to yeah. truly and rightfully say, I may not be where I want to be, but I'm doing my best to be what God wants me to be. And I'm striving to become all God has designed me to be. Psalm 119 and 9 says something like in the CV, says young people can live clean lives by keeping the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. In, in other words, hearing what he's saying of that God wants us to come near him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wants us to come close to him. Come on, man. But not religiously. Yeah. Not by duty. Yeah. But, but what God wants from us is relationship. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, some of us are big on religion and, and
time because we're big on religion, we have a checklist. And we believe if we check off everything on our checklist, we are good with God. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, read my Bible, check. Uh, with, with the church, check. Uh, called my neighbor, check. And, and we think because we've checked off this list, we are good with God. But a whole lot of what we call faith is more tied to religion. Yeah. That relationship. Yeah. And that's why Israel missed Jesus. Because they were so religious. They couldn't understand God sending Son to build a relationship. I wish yeah. I had some help yeah. yeah. so, so there is this group who has come to recognize the inner and outer man. That Faith is not just about what others see, but about who I really am. That God is shaping and molding me internally. That the evidence of the change on the inside will become shown on the outside. Something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. And, and, And there is this group God is raising up. He's convicting them. He's touching them. And he wants them to understand they need to have spiritual symmetry. But but, 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 then, but then notice, notice not only what they look like, but, but let me say a word about what they what they do. Here, here's what here's what it says, and I'm I'm gonna leave you alone. I'm gonna leave you alone. He says, This is the generation of them that seek him. I like that because often we seek, but we're not seeking him. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm trying trying my best. Even in the house of God, we can seek his presence, but not presence. We We can seek his P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. But not seek his P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. We'll seek what he can do for us. But we don't want him. Y'all play with me. We seek his hand. But not his face. We, we, we want the benefit of the blessing. But we don't want his presence in our life. And and this is what the text says, that God is raising up a generation that wants him. They're not just interested in cars, cash, clothes, and creature comfort. But, but, But what they want is more of God. I know it get on some of y'all's nerves. But when was the last time you prayed and your only prayer was, Lord, more of you? That's it. I'm going to try it one more time. All right. You didn't ask for more money. Yeah, yeah. You didn't ask for a bigger house. You didn't ask for a bigger car. But you said, Lord, I need 
more of you. Lord, I recognize my problem is not more money. My problem is not that I need more space. My problem is not that I need a bigger car. But Lord, if I have more of you. That's, that's, that's what the text says. That's what the text says. This is generation of the amplified earth. Saying this is generation or description yeah. of those who diligently seek him yeah. and require him as their greatest need, who seek your face, even as did Jacob. Now the reason I like that, y'all, and I guess I get excited about stuff nobody else gets excited about, is that he uses Jacob and not Israel. Because if you've read the Bible lately, you know Jacob had issues. And before Jacob got his name changed to Israel, God had to do a work on Jacob. And what I'm suggesting is before God does all he's going to do, he has to do a work in us. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that's, why, that's why you don't give up on your child when they're acting like Jacob. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't give up on them when they're uh, being Jacob-like. You remember Jacob was a trickster. Jacob was a car artist. Jacob uh, played uh, people and different uh, situations and manipulated them. Jacob worked everything to his advantage. But the same Jacob that did all of that had in him a respect and appreciation for spiritual things. Uh, he had some issues, y'all, but he still knew that there was something valuable about God and the things of God. Y'all didn't hear me. And, and that's why you can look at what's going on in our world and think that because many young people act like Jacob, that there is nothing good yeah. in them. Yeah. Yeah. But God, if God can take Jacob yeah. and work a work in Jacob's life, y'all yeah. play with me. Y'all yeah. play with me. But some of y'all had some Jacob in y'all. Yeah. Yeah. So some of y'all look back over your life. And if you're honest, y'all, if you're honest, oh, yeah. you had some stuff in you. I know, oh, yeah. I know you play you talking now about things I used to do I don't do no more and all of that and, and all of that's not necessarily true but if you look back over your life honestly, there are some things in your life you'd rather keep in the closet there's some stuff you'd rather people not know as a matter of fact uh, people hire you and respect you because of what they see on your resume but, but, but God loves you despite what he knows is not on the resume. Yeah. That, that there's some stuff about you God knows that you can't put on that paper. Yeah. There's some stuff about you God knows you can't tell anybody. But despite all of that, God took that Jacob in you, started working on your flaws in your character and in your conduct. God started working on you and changing you. And you haven't arrived yet, but you're better now than you were back then. He, he, 
a generation who's Jacob-like. Because what many of us want is people who come to us perfect and already perfected. But God sometimes has to do a work. Sometimes God has to like Jacob. Matter of fact, one time Jacob was on the run and Jacob was running from his father's house, had manipulated his brother, and, and the Lord gave Jacob a dream and showed Jacob a ladder that flowed from heaven down to earth. And he was allowing Jacob to see that you don't have to con your blessing. You don't have to manipulate your blessing. That I've got blessings stored up for you. And if you would live right by me, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings. You won't have room enough to receive. But it had to do work in Jacob first. And this, believe y'all, but even in our day, Jesus spoke of his day as a generation of vipers, an evil and stubborn generation, a wicked and adulterous generation, a faithless generation, an unto He looked at that generation he went in. Looked around and he saw all of that Yet he still died. Yeah, he did. Yes, sir. He saw all of that in that because he believed and knew that somebody with all of the bad that was in them wanted to be better. Matter of fact, while he was on the cross, he saw a man who had lived his life the wrong way accept him and believe in him. I'm going to leave you alone. But sex says they seek God. Matter of fact, even as we read the following verses, it tells us, lift up your heads. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of those doors that would open vertically and the Ark of the Covenant would come in, that in order for you to seek God, you have to find a place of worship. Yeah, yeah. See, see. Uh, looking down suggests worry or weariness. Yeah. Looking around suggests worldliness. Mm -hmm. But looking up Come on now. suggests right. worship. Right. Yeah. And that's what the psalmist is suggesting to us is that we have to be able to look up. There's a whole lot of going on in the world and you can seek that but if you're going to see God, you have to get your eyes off of the world. You have to get your eyes off of your worries and your weariness. And you got to be able to look up. Yeah. Even as the psalm opens, it tells us we ought to worship God as creator. Earth is the Lord's. Oh, yeah. Right. For there are world and they that dwell. He's the owner. Amen. He is the creator. And then it tells us also he is the ruler. Yeah. And in other words, I've got all of reasons, out to worship. Out to worship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can, can I say this? Can I say this? Seeking something means you pursue it at all costs. Oh yeah. Which means you let nothing deny you of it when you really want it. Yeah. 
Yeah. You, you inquire about it. You find out where it is. And then you pursue it with everything within your being. Come on, man. That's why the word tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Oh, yeah. And his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Y'all playing with me. But, but when you saw that man or that lady you really wanted, All right. you inquired about you, you Y'all playing, y'all got to be quiet. You, you, you asked about them. You, you found something out about them. And then in your own sometimes open, sometimes discreet way, you did whatever you could to pursue them. Yeah. Because we pursue what we desire. Right. Oh, yeah. And when God is your greatest desire, you will pursue him. That's right. Yeah. Psalm said another place. Yeah. Another place. I'm gonna leave you alone. Early in the morning will I search this. Yeah. In other words, before I go to work, before I start answering emails and phone calls, Lord, I'm gonna pursue you. Lord, I'm going to go after you because I want you more than I want anything else in my life. Yeah. They seek him. They want God. And I'm going to leave y'all alone. But there is a blessing in seeking God. Seeking God gives life. Seeking God gives us strength. Seeking God leads to deliverance. Seeking God causes us to be rewarded. And we lack no good things. Seeking God's kingdom leads to righteousness. And satisfaction is found when we seek God. I'm done, y'all. Oh, yeah. But the last thing I need to tell you is that not only do they seek God, they seek God. They seek him. But the Bible tells us we will find him when we seek him with our whole hearts. It says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up the everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. There is, there's, a, there's a response that says, who is the king of glory? Come on, man. The answer comes back, the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Then it said, then, then there is another word, lift up your hands. All ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory yeah. shall come yeah. in. In other words, in other words, yeah. open up the door and he'll come in. I heard, I, I heard him say in the book of Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. God is waiting to come into your life. God is waiting. You're asking where is God, and God is asking where are you, because God is standing at the door, and all he wants is for you to invite him in and let him in. In other words, if you want God's presence in your life, let him in. Yeah. You want God in your finances, let him in. Yeah, you want God in your relationship, let him in. You want God 
on your job, let him in. You want God to lead your life, direct your life, you got to let him in. In other words, you got to open the door. Remove every obstacle that keeps him from coming in. And oftentimes, the door has been the obstruction. Because often we've held up what God wanted to do in our lives. Because we wouldn't let him in. Because here's what we know and I'm done. This is not time but what's caused these young people to be afraid of God. If they know when God comes in, God is going to come in and he's going to take control. And a lot of us want a God that's convenient for us. But what I just read, I just heard a word a minute ago that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your This is the generation that seeks him. This is the generation that desires him. And my prayer for us, my prayer for us, parents, grandparents, members, leaders, is that we would pursue the right things so they would want to pursue the right thing. Y'all didn't hear what I said. Because what they watch many of us do is pursue the wrong things. And then we want them to pursue what they're watching you. And what you desire, what you go after. But when they see you passionate about God and placing everything else behind, but putting your relationship with God first and foremost, they'll want what they see you pursue. Psalm 27 from, from verse 4 says, One thing have I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after, that I will behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide you. Yeah. Secret of his pavilion, he shall. In other words, I'm not only going to seek God. I'm going to go where I know the people of God are, with the house of God, and I'm going to pursue him with everything I have. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Your, your greatest legacy It's not going to be how much money you leave. How many statues, how many endowments, but your greatest legacy is your walk, your life. Because your life speaks more than anything else. And our children need to see us 
loving God. Our children need to see us. Can I, can I say this? And, and, and I'm, going to my, I'm, I'm going to leave you alone because I can see y'all get mad with me. But I had the blessing of watching godly men love God. Weren't feminine? Weren't effeminate? Love God? Love their families? And didn't wave at that. And if I'm anything, I'm something because I saw that. And I didn't have to try to invent that I saw. A lot of times our children are becoming what they see in us. If they see godliness in you, they may feel, but they, they're going to want it because they see it in you. And if it's working for you, they're going to want it themselves. And I'm saying to you, I'm saying to you, that, that has to be, can I, and, and, and even, for our, even for our church, I, I'm challenging you because we've got to have a spirit that we come to this house seeking God. That, that we'll get here, we'll, we'll unite together and pray, and we'll, not, we'll seek God because we want to see God. Legislation, God, but more of you, oh God. 